For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Summer's afternoon, I took the bus from Loris, and she was heavy laden. Away we went, and I got it was straight to say the race had played. Oh, you lads, you should have seen us getting passing the folks along the road. All of them were staring. All the lads and lasses there, they'll be smiling faces, getting along the scuffs with Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 110. I'm your host, Greg Troxel, and we are actually giving you an episode that you can hear. It's an amazing thing that technology, what technology giveth, it taketh away. And what now I may giveth to you is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What it do, what it do, what it do. Yes, we're back after our technical difficulties episode and we're we're back and we're better than ever. Coming off a sweet four one win at St. James Park. Oh um, yeah. That Elijah pretty much predicted to a T. Um, but none of you guys heard that because we lost the audio. So No no no. We can literally say that we both predicted four to one and yeah. goal scores. And a Richie to assist, but I didn't think one of them would be an own goal. I literally said Tom Allen would come on and get an assist to Jolinton on that podcast, but nobody yeah. heard it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsom for uh, all the the hottest takes, um, all the most disappointing tweets, all that fun stuff. There's also a little bit of humor on there as well. Uh, Greg, where can people follow uh, the podcast? Oh, at chn underscore radio. That's crazy. Follow. The Coming Home Newcastle site at Coming Home NUFC. And if you want the hottest takes on the Philadelphia Union's U12 team, follow oh. at, at NUFC underscore Greg. If you want the hottest takes just in general, text Brian Nelson. <laughs> uh, we should actually give out his number and like have people armed at the teeth just to text him random stuff. That'd be so – because he doesn't listen to this. Um, oh, yeah. Also, if you um, – are bored and want to do something cool um go to our website cominghomenewcastle.com uh greg has put out a dope article his bi-weekly newcastle report where he breaks down all of almiron's goals um some other stuff in there some really cool opportunity for you guys to chime in with your own kind of commentary and then there's uh graham wrote a piece about jolenton and then greg also has his day after report for the rochdale match so um, be sure to check that out. Tomorrow, um, my preview will go live as well, featuring the always super exclusive and super cool Elijah Newsome clout rating, which you can't find on any other site. So you definitely want to check it out for that alone. Bam. What a plug I love that it. was. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, the first thing Wait, that I will say before what? 
Oh, okay, never mind. You're about to say it. I was about to say, hey, Greg, you forgot to say the thing, but you're about to say it. Oh, yeah, before we get into club news, we do have a program announcement Uh for CHN Radio moving forward. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, Our episodes are sometimes long and harder to consume in one sitting. So we're Unless gonna you live in LA. Up. Yes, if you live in LA and work more than three miles away from your home, then yes, it's uh, it's hard to consume in one city. So we're going to be splitting things up. Uh, Elijah, nothing will change as far as you will get us uh, just more often throughout the week. So we're going to be splitting um, our review and preview and news into three separate shows per week. So we're actually going to be giving you three shows all every week. Um, so you're welcome. Um, so those podcasts will be like 25 to 45 minutes in length. Uh, that's going to be our goal. Um, so something that we can still break down, we're going to even break down some things at greater length if possible, but it's going to be all in all, like just shorter shows for you guys. So, um, that's going to be starting literally next week. Our next podcast will be a shortened down version of what we're doing today. Um, so if there's any questions on that, I, I don't think it's that confusing, but feel free to tweet at one of us. Yeah, uh, just uh, be sure to download and re-download the podcast multiple times. Subscribe and unsubscribe and leave five-star reviews. And, I mean, we'll still try to produce a very quality show. All the qualities. All the qualities. Yep. Let's get into club news. Uh, first thing is, are we... The Newcastle United Sombreros. Oh, it still not sure if that's racist or not, but we'll we'll roll with it. Um, and say I would call not. it cultural. Okay, it's, it's, it's cultural. It's it's cultural. Okay. Yeah. Um. So this comes from the Shields Gazette. So I mean, take take that source as you as you may. Um. They claim, um, that the Athletic, which. We're both subscribers of, uh, subscribers of The Athletic. We didn't see this ourselves. We literally spent like six, seven minutes looking for this. Um, they claim that The Athletic are saying that the Orlegi group uh, feel like they have a another shot. This would be their fourth time. They've tried three times already to make a deal with Mike Ashley and buy the club. Greg, what are your immediate thoughts that um, on this news that The Orlegi group could potentially get a deal done for Newcastle United at 350 million pounds. Um, so I'm going to go with, I, I'm sorry to be the same old, same old, but uh, if we hear about it before it happens, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate because I feel like out of all the groups, the Orleggi group's the one group that's like, actually, I feel they're going to take Newcastle forward. <laughs> um, because Wait, your, your boy from Q's? You didn't think so? I mean, Joe DeGrosa, I love him. And one, he already said he already said that it wasn't going to happen, first and foremost. So he already admitted like he doesn't yeah, think it's Yeah, but before gonna... that. Yes, before but that. before that, we then talked about how like his at the club he partially owned, they had issues spending money. So it was like Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, but the a lucky group like they spend a lot of money. They they're a group of very high-powered Mexican investors. So like you just felt as if maybe they would actually have money to spend. Um, I mean, but Peter Kenyon, Stavely, I felt she would probably do pretty well. But with Peter Kenyon, it just it was he couldn't raise money to put down a down payment. So I didn't I just didn't feel as if he had the money to actually invest in the Premier League club. So I don't know. It's upsetting. 
um, for me because I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love for it to happen. I think in five years, Mike Ashley will probably still own the club. Ugh. Yeah. So Ugh. it's uh, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Mm, that's what it, uh, that's what it do. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to report there. So the next thing, which has happened a little bit, but we, we skipped a podcast for you, uh, is Re- Regan Thompson. Regan, 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 Regan. Um, We're not sure. Uh, yeah, somebody from Ryan. somebody from Newcastle that knows or Scotland that knows his name, how it's pronounced in that area. Please let us know. That would be great. Ryan but we've we've talked to him. We've talked about him on this podcast. This would be the fourth time now. Uh, he's been linked with Newcastle for a while from Queen's Park in the Scottish Second Division. And he made his first team appearance the day after he turned 16. So he's 16 now, and he's playing officially for Newcastle for a nice, cool 50,000 pounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh midfielder. He was scouted by Celtic and Rangers. Um that's I'm assuming we're all assuming just because of the fee alone that he's gonna be implemented right into U twenty threes, even though he's sixteen. He may his first game or two might be with the U eighteens just to get acclimated, but I'm assuming because they paid a fee at all that he would get a look at the U twenty threes for sure. Yeah, I think that's that seems like it's gonna be the move. Um I mean, you know, I don't really know that much about you signing, so yeah, that's my. Well, uh, most of them are free. Yeah, and, most and, of them are free. Yeah, but I feel like we've we've paid for the past couple um, that we've mentioned on this pod. The when they when you have to pay for them, it's it's when that player has made a first team appearance. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's now if anyone wants time or, out, we got to pay for them. Or they've signed a professional contract. So players mm. that are still amateur status, there's no transfer fee associated. <clears throat> does that make sense? Yes, it does. So like um, Elliot Anderson, the kid I've been talking about in RU system, like somebody could just take him uh, for free, no transfer fee. Oh, well, um, that sucks. So that's why when you get you find a really good player, that's, that's when you see our youth players getting signed. That's the club acknowledging, okay, this person has potential. And we're going to sign them to a professional deal. That way, if somebody does approach, we'll at least get paid for them. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. There it is. I've learned yeah. something new, which <laughs> happens all the time on this podcast. No way. No way. I mean, that, that, that that's a compliment to you for you teaching me things. So I don't know no, why you I'm, said no way. I'm dumb. And yeah, speaking of dumb, that. it's anybody who thought we would actually sign Musa Debelay. Yeah. Please go forward, Elijah. <laughs> well, that was another one on the BS meter that was lost forever. Uh, was Musa Dembele, <laughs> who is like one. Is it Dembele? I think it's Dembele. I, who, okay. Who knows? Leon Stryker, Alexander Lacazette replacement, um, came through their academy. Just really highly touted prospect, 40 million pound price tag. Turns out he's not for sale. Uh, Newcastle were interested which is a, a term that we're going to talk about later, but Newcastle have been interested in a lot of players and not much movement has happened on any of them. Um, and this is another player. Um, Leon's, uh, like, chief, uh, not, uh, like, their sporting chief, I guess. Basically, their, like, sporting director, GM, whatever you want to call it. He said, um, basically, that he's important, um, that Moose is important to uh, 
to Lyon right now. Um, they don't. They're not planning on selling him until they have a surefire replacement for him. Um, he's incredibly vital to the su- success of um, their team right now. So, I mean, doesn't look like it's happening. Um, they're a team that always seems to be in competition for one of the Europa League spots or uh, or Champions League spots in League U. And right now, they're they're hovering around that Europa League Champions League spot um, range right now. So. Yeah, he's not getting sold to Newcastle or anyone else. Another player that we were signed, we were looking at, um, and that we actually were pretty confident um, could happen was uh, um, was Lookman at Adama Adalama Lookman. How do you say his name, Greg? Adamola Lookman. Yeah, Adamola. I don't know why that trips me out. Um, so Newcastle were initially looking to bring him in. For like a loan to buy deal, and RB Leipzig have essentially said he's not really available for loan. They're really only interested in purchases, likely an overpriced price tag. Um, they say even though it doesn't seem like it, it right now he's a big part of their plans. He's an important player to their team. Yada yada yada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That one's not happening. But Greg, but there are some players that we can go through on the BS meter. That um could happen, couldn't happen, who knows? Are you ready to uh, share the world, share with the world how much BS um is revolving around these players? Yes, yes. Okay, that was a that was that was a weird response. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was odd. We'll just keep it going. Um, so uh, the first one is uh, a combi who is a striker that. We are linked to who's Cameroonian, um, has a few goals to his name, athletic, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, um, and by now, if you don't, if you haven't heard of him, you probably been living underneath the rock. He's been all over Newcastle Twitter this week. Newcastle have reportedly inquired about his price, but haven't put in a bid. We're hearing he's around twenty-three million pound to twenty-eight million pound range, somewhere around there. BS meter on this. Um, I, I think that there is minimal BS. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to, that was, <laughs> was a lot of buildup for a, an underwhelming answer. Yeah, I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, he's a striker. We need a striker. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, he, he fits the bill as... He's not going to have the English player inflation. Um, Twenty million pounds is something Newcastle have spent before. So sure. Hey, we can say that now. Yeah, we can say it. we. They've done it twice, actually. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to them. Um, so the next one is a youth player for Arsenal, Alfie Matthews, eighteen-year-old. Um, uh, apparently going to be out of contract soon. Is is my understanding. Um, but would be a youth signing that we uh, we would make um, probably straight into the U23s is an attacking midfielder um, and plays for the Arsenal U23s right now. Uh, this is interesting because this comes back to our discussion that we just had where you learned something. Uh, has he has he been signed with a contract, professional contract with Arsenal? Um, I don't know. Let me see. Um, 
I don't think so, actually. Yeah. So this one's yeah, going to yeah, be... Yeah, because Transfermark doesn't have a contract listed for him. So that's an interesting little, little twist. Yeah, this will be interesting because if his contract's running up, then every youth Premier League youth club... Remote, sorry, almost all of the Premier League youth teams in the in England are going to try to get him. Uh, and we've talked about this before when a player has multiple options and Newcastle, typically we're not high on that list. Yeah. So but I'm going to say the interest is definitely there, but unfortunately he's going to sign with Southampton or West Ham or somebody like that or Everton. And then if that doesn't work out, then Newcastle. I mean, uh, normally I would 100% agree with you, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's that much interest around him right now. I mean, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's a highly touted prospect. And, I mean, with the, the Chelsea guy, I think it's the same situation where it's like, yeah, he would be, he, there was probably promise there at some point, but there's other clubs with other prospects at the same the same. Uh, the um the um what I'm sorry I just read an article about this I think he actually does have a professional contract but his contract <laughs> is running out in the summer because Newcastle okay. are talking to Arsenal about an offer that they're going that they're trying to make in January which leads me to believe he signed a professional contract with Arsenal but my original point was that it's going to be similar to... I forgot the guy we signed from like Chelsea's youth system and the guy we signed from Bolton, where it's like, yes, they were promising players, but they're not promising enough for other teams to really like give up a spot in their academy for or, or even pursue heavily, which is kind of my point here. I think he's he's probably a fine player, but I don't know if he's like the hottest youth prospect around. I don't know who we're really going to be going up against. Um, but yeah. it's interesting because uh, this season... He's played for the U18s, and he and they've moved him up from attacking midfielder to forward. Um, and he's had like two goals in eleven appearances, seven starts. Um, but he's played also all over as like a winger, a left mid, and a central attacking midfielder. So he's an interesting prospect, and I do think that, like I said, I'm pretty sure he does have uh, a professional contract. But I don't know; no one really knows. We'll move on to the next player. Um, Andre Horta, who is a Portuguese player, um, he he plays for uh, Braga. Um, he's pretty young. He's like 23 years old. It'd be a 10 million euro signing. Plays as a central attacking midfielder. Can play as a, cent- a second striker as well. The first true uh, like cam we've been linked to for a while. Um, so I don't know. This is an interesting one. What are your thoughts? Yes. So you said Andre Horta. Yes. Does that sound familiar? Because it should. Yes. Is that... All my Americans are freaking out right now, aren't they? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, did he play in MLS? He did. He played for the uh, for LAFC. Oh, really? But, yeah, he did. So he, so he, was, he was originally a Benfica prospect and was one of the, the first signings LAFC made. Um, he went over there for about six million U.S. dollars um, from Benfica, um, but he's been pretty much, which is actually kind of a good sign. He's been floating between 
Braga and Benfica um, in pretty much his entire Portuguese footballing career, which is two of the better clubs in the Portuguese league. Um, but I don't know. It seems like he actually went back. He, he left Los Angeles FC this past summer to go to Braga and has played decently well. Um, so he's, yeah, go ahead. So, sorry to interrupt. Um, so I, I don't think Newcastle are linked to Andre Horta. I think it's Ricardo Horta. Whoa. Who also plays for Braga. Well, that's confusing. <laughs> I had to make sure. Well, you wrote Richard Horta in the notes. And oh. I was like, I, I know who that is. But when you said Andre, I was like, wait, is that that other dude? Is that because so well, I this makes more sense because this guy <laughs> plays left wing and right wing. Yeah. OK, <laughs> I, I was I'm glad we cleared that up because I was really confused. I know they're right, both. Well, let's we'll just start over. the same team. We'll leave this in. We actually yeah, we're rarely cut things in. out because that's a lot of effort. Yeah. So, wow, Greg, next up on the BS meter, we have Ricardo Horta. <laughs> hey, who's, Ricardo. Who's, who's a Portuguese player who's also young. He's well, he's 25. Um, but plays left wing and right wing, also left mid and right mid, and has actually, well, to be honest, has played much better than Andre Horta this season. <laughs> 15 games, has started all of them except for one, four goals, four assists, um, just all-around beast. Yeah, plays for Braga. I don't know what else I can really say. Um, I mean, total this season, including preseason cup in Europa League and all that kind of crap. He's got 13 goals and six assists, which is wild. Yeah, he was also a um, a Rafa Benitez target Ooh. while Rafa was at Newcastle. So Newcastle has known about this player for a while. So I think that there's a legit chance on this one out of having something to it. Um, you have a Portuguese speaker in Jolinton, and I'm assuming there's some Spanish connection there. I don't. I've heard it's pretty seamless transition uh, between Portuguese and Spanish, but I don't really know because I don't speak either. But um, I haven't seen Almiron and Federico and Juanito on the youth team. Um, you could wait. There's a guy on the youth team named Juanito. Yeah, that that cannot be. That that sounds like a football manager, like youth academy guy. <laughs> you you know who Juanito is? No, I don't. You don't? No. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's awkward. Juanito Lopez. Okay, well, good for him. Yeah, check him out. Uh, am I supposed to know who he is? I, I thought you did, but my oh, bad. no. You're giving me a lot of credit, Greg. <laughs> All right, so this is going well, but yeah, I think it's gonna. it's good. Great. I think that was great radio, which just happened there. I mean, I came with the wrong player, even though in my notes I wrote the right oh, player. Oh, no, we're having def- technical difficulties. Going to have to cancel another pod. <laughs> yeah. Just and then we come back, and then there's this Juanito fellow I've never heard of. Yeah. Who, uh, you've probably mentioned him before because I feel like I've definitely heard that name, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I guess you haven't read my youth articles ever. But all right, let's move on to the next one. Um. That's probably true. No, I'm I'm just, I, well, apparently oh. nobody did. I think I'm pretty sure like five people ever read those. Well, um, next one. People are reading your bi-weekly report, so shout out to them. Um, next one. 
So another one uh, that's uh, the Moussa Dembele type of, of player, Willen C- Ciprion. C- Ciprion. I think that's how you Ciprion? say his name. Yeah. Or Ciprion. Ciprion? Yeah, Ciprion. Uh, basically, Willen C- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Ciprion is a central midfielder. This is the first actual central midfielder that we're linked to that addresses Steve Bruce's wish list of a athletic central midfielder that could play as a destroyer. But he's like, I wouldn't even call him a destroyer. Yes, he can play CDM, but he's like if you mixed Isaac Hayden and John Joe Shelby. He's athletic, um, and he's he's going to burst forward kind of like Isaac Hayden, but he's got the playmaking ability of John Joe Shelby as well. This is like a too good to be true signing um if it happens his current market value is about 20 million pounds which is what we're here in newcastle um that's what he's rated right now uh but again no word as to if this has been an official inquiry or an offer or anything like that so far it's just someone newcastle scouted and actually the the chronicle said that we asked about him so that's even, I don't even think that, that doesn't even sound like we've made much progress. So, Greg. Yeah. So, I think that there's a chance from, so it, apparently we were linked with him as well as Spurs, but Getson Fernandez just went to Spurs. So. For Notch. Oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy. Yes. Um, so I think Spurs might be out of the game. I don't think they're going to be getting this guy anymore. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm yeah, in on gets, this. Yeah, I'm not bringing dumb chunks of BS out here right now. Okay. All right. Well, the only thing that gives me hope is, yes, the fact that he's a player that kind of is his next logical move is Premier League. Um, he's already got we, got, we got a good thing going for us because we already have one of his buddies here in uh, St. Gucci Max. So, um, that'd be cool as well, but I, I don't know. I, I'm still not completely sold on it because he is a highly touted prospect, and I think you know Premier League would be a good next step for him. But I mean, I could also see um, some La Liga clubs who are in that Europa League, Champions League spot looking at him. Um, same with other French clubs, um, some Italian clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, I don't know if Newcastle are going to be spending money, but. He does fit the profile of, of players Mike Ashley likes to spend money on. He's still quite young, 24 years old. Um, you could potentially flip him, similar to Jeannie Wijnaldum, into a nice little pretty penny. Um, so that's good to hear. And then um, I think this is my last one on here. Nope, I got two more. I'm stupid. Um, Lucas Biglia. This is um, a, a new one that I saw today. Um Essentially, um, there's some reports out of Italy. Uh, Lucas Bigley is a Milan player. He's been there for um, a, a good bit, uh, for a few years now. I think three or four years. Um, before that, he was at Lazio um, and was at Anderlecht um, before that. Uh, but he's a midfielder who's kind of fallen out of favor in the first team, even more so than our friend Hakan Shanalagu. Um, he's a defensive midfielder. Again, that player, that type of player uh, Steve Bruce is looking for. This guy's purely defensive midfielder. Um, has only played seven games this season, mostly as a sub, um, and has one assist to his name. 33 years old. Um, probably a quite cheap player. But again, the interest came from him, his camp, apparently, and not uh, 
Newcastle's camp. What are your thoughts on this one here, Gregory? Yeah, that's directly in uh, conflict with Mike Ashley's youth policy. Uh, He was real successful in Belgium, but not so much in Italy. I'm just going to beep, 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 back up a whole huge dunk truck of BS on that rumor. Okay. Well, this one is an interesting one as well. Newcastle are have inquired about a one Cody Gakpo, who is a Netherlands player who plays for PSV Eindhoven, um, came up through their academy, 20 years old, has made 18 appearances this season, about ha- a little less than half of those were starts, um, can play as a left winger, right winger, and occasionally a center forward, very pacey player, um, a guy who has decent technical ability as well, and is 20 years old. Very much so fits the Mike Ashley build, as this is these are the types of players, um, you know, attacking players that are young that you can flip for a lot of money uh, if they have moderate success. So, uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't and yeah really know much about him. Um, so. I don't know if he'd be good enough to make it at the Premier League level, so I don't know if... Well, he's won the Dutch Championship, so, I mean... Yeah. Uh... Which is wild, that they... Did they beat Ajax for that? That <laughs> I guess they won the league while he was there. Yeah, I mean... Is... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say yeah, I mean... this is a bachelor's degree in bulls. Shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a bachelor's degree in BS, but I could see Newcastle, um, because they do this, uh, make a poor decision and overpay for uh, a young prospect. I'm not going to name any names, but this has happened multiple times under the Ashley regime. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually pulled the trigger, and we've pulled the trigger for less promising players. <clears throat> Jacob Murphy. Um, who we spent a lot of money on as well. So, I mean, if there's some potential players getting, coming out of the club, this could be a guy to come in. Um, winger is the spot that we need. And, of course, Newcastle getting desperate because um, some of the guys that we were had our sights set on, Lokman being one of them, um, those aren't happening anymore. So, uh, expect the winger links to go up because that seems like a, a direction Newcastle as a club are going. Whether or not Steve Bruce wants to go that direction is a whole other issue itself. Um, and Greg, as we close the news segment, um, I wanted to bring up a, a quick little little clip um, from uh, Mark Douglas uh, on the Black and White podcast. Everything what is, is Black podcast and White called the Chronicles Spock. Yeah, which is just not true because we're actually the only. Well, we black are and proof white that podcast. everything is Black and White. So because we're everything. Oh wow, <laughs> that was deep. That was deep. Um. But um, there's a, a clip that they tweeted out that I thought was really interesting. Um, I guess we can insert that clip here. Uh, the, the indications are that there's one or two players, really good players, that would get fans excited that they're looking to sign, that they've made inquiry, well, made inquiries about, but they've, they've looked at. They've been knocked back on those players so far. So I think, you know, it's funny because all the names that are being linked, we put to Newcastle and my colleague Lee Ryder's doing a lot of that work. Um, so I won't take credit for, for sort of saying this, but you go through the, those links. Lee's doing the background checks. He's not just going to the club, he's doing other links as well. And the club will come back and say on about 
90% of those names, no inquiry, no bid. They won't necessarily say there's no interest, but they're saying no inquiry, no bid, it's speculation. They've got frustrated with some of the links. So it could well be that those players that they're talking about and that I'm kind of being told about, because I haven't got names at the moment, to be honest, but those players could be players that we haven't necessarily heard too much about. And I would think that, you know, there are one or two there that they could they could potentially do that would be that would be would be exciting. But I think there'll be a, about seventeen clubs in the Premier League in that in that in that um boat. And so the question is whether you whether you go from the inquiry and being excited about potentially signing a player stage to actually signing him. And that's where Newcastle quite often haven't got to. So essentially um what what Mark was saying is there's a lot of players that Newcastle have been linked to. Um, and um, there's a list. And, I mean, just the BS meter alone, I left a lot, out a lot of players, which that was a long BS meter, but I left out a lot of players, and it kind of proves this point. We've been linked to a lot of players that we've reportedly scouted or had interest in, but what Lee Ryder has discovered through his contacts with um, Newcastle as well as he's got contacts um, I guess at other clubs, um, player agents, I'm sure that kind of stuff is that, you know, the majority of the people we've been linked to, um, we actually haven't made any inquiries about or bids for. So that's the first part of that, that I want to discuss. Um, and Greg, are, is that concerning to you that we've been linked to, you know, roughly 40 players, I guess at this point, And, According to Mark and Lee, we really haven't made any sort of actual progress on any of those guys. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not surprised at all. For one, um, literally yesterday, Mike Ashley left their practice facility in a helicopter after after having his first transfer meeting with the manager. So I don't know who we were going to offer if like we hadn't even had that talk. So yeah, I'm. I'm not surprised at all. This TLDR. Okay, <laughs> I think it, it it it's a it's a bit frustrating. I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised we haven't at least asked about players, um, which that was the part. I mean, I wasn't shocked that we had made any offers because, like, but I, I was hearing that we asked. For example, Lookman was a guy that I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's one of the people that they're saying we didn't really inquire about, but. They were saying basically most of the people we didn't really inquire about or, or even ask for, but I, I'm sure that's a guy I thought we definitely asked for asked about what his price was and all that kind of stuff. And even if it was a no, I at least assume we asked, but that could potentially not be true, um, and and so on and so forth. Shanalagu, another person, you know, Piacek, all these other guys we were we were linked to that, you know, we uh, allegedly just never even approached the clubs for. Um, and then secondly, he mentioned Newcastle potentially signing two players that he hasn't heard of uh, and that we as the people, because obviously if he hasn't heard of them, he hasn't written about them, we haven't heard of them either. Is this BS? I mean, I, I don't know. It, I mean, I don't know who their source is, but like. I mean, it would have to be from a conversation that was had yesterday, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just don't know. Um, and and 
if we haven't even made a bid, like, you know, time's running out, too. So we have two weeks to get it over the line. And if it's that big of a of a transfer, they got to get they got to get wor working. I don't know. Yeah. And it took us two months to get Miguel Albert. Yeah. And that was a twenty million pound transfer. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess, and kind of to close this out, I'm a little bit surprised we haven't been linked to more uh, Premier League loan deals. <laughs> We're usually always due for a Ruben Loftus Cheek loan deal or something like that. But I mean, since honestly, Tammy Abraham, and that was pretty shut, that was shut down pretty quick. We haven't used any of our domestic loans, which has been interesting, um, to say the least. And I don't know. It, it, it's weird. It's been a weird January window. And Greg, I guess is the, kind of to close out this segment. The final thing I'll ask you: Do you think Newcastle will actually make a signing this window? Yeah. If depending on how good or bad it is at the end of this window, uh, I think if you're really wanting a loan deal, and if we haven't signed anybody, check that last day of the window. I bet you we'll get a loan in. So. Um, Hopefully not for Chink too soon. Usually when those things happen, though, it becomes your Berekas, your Slomani's, Doombia. you know, those type of deals. But Sadio Dumbia. Yeah, so uh, it might not be good, but I would I would expect that. That's true. I didn't ask you if we would bring in a good player. I asked you if we would bring in a player. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. my prediction. Let's, uh, let's spare the people... Um, you know, the boring transfer stuff, and let's get, hop into the little Rochdale review. Yeah, let's do it right after this break. All right. We are going to the fourth round of the FA Cup with a 4-1 oh. to one win over Rochdale in the replay. It was a fantastic afternoon that none of us could really watch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but thanks to BBC Radio, they actually, I thought they did a great job. Uh, it's been like a, I don't know, it's been a while since I've listened to just the radio coverage, and I feel like they did a really good job explaining things. So good on them. Yeah, I feel like we haven't heard the radio coverage since like the, the old the championship. championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so first thing we'll do is we'll get into three words where, as you know, or, well, as you know, if you've been been here with us, you know what this is. But if you're new... After every match, we ask you to submit three words to describe the match, and we read them on the pod, and you guys deliver every time. Uh, we'll start with Jeff Can at Jeff Can Four, who did not send three words; he sent seven. Uh, okay. But it was to describe his four of those words were to describe the three. So he said Rafa was wrong, and then he put in parentheses to play weakened sides. In the cup. Um, Mr. Steelier Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo says Mickey keeps Still scoring. Just the best name. <laughs> yeah. Mickey keeps scoring. Brian Fulford at IMBWF. Joe Ling Tun. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. yeah. Golington. Uh, Christopher Smart at Chris Smart. Jolington is God. Oh, sorry, Chris Smart 89 is his handle. Jolington is God. Uh, D-I-L-I-J-G-A-F at Bretsinsa1. About bloody time. Tune in Lagos. What up, Tune in Lagos? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Cup run Shout Hawaii. out Lagos. Shout out Africa. Shout out the motherland. What's that? 
Shout out the mother. Oh, shout it out. <laughs> I, I did. There you go. Nigeria, what is up? Um, Steven Adams at Steven Adams 441 WTF. All righty. Let's get in it. Let's get into this, John. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say since I feel like this would be a pretty short review. Yeah, we're going to talk about the good things. Uh, the lineups were it's a very strong lineup. Um, we had Darlow, Croft, Lascelles. He's back, y'all. Lejeune, Richie Hayden, Sean Longstaff, Matty Longstaff, Atsu, Jolinton, and Almiron. What were your thoughts seeing that lineup called out? I mean, I almost predicted it perfectly. So, Matt Ritchie, always I did. a pleasure seeing I did in the last pod. Yeah, we, we yeah, I, I got one thing wrong, and I said Yedlin would play, and I was wrong. Uh, I mean, you you called it completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a very strong lineup. Uh, and I, it's interesting seeing Isaac Hayden uh, still playing, at, just not his position. Steve Bruce is just adamant on playing him out of position. But, I mean... I guess it's worked, and it's a bit against a, a lower league side. I I don't really hope to see it in the Premier League, but sure. Shout out to Isaac Hayden; he plays multiple positions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I literally said this. Uh, I called a, a, talking to my a friend of mine, and I said we should if we should easily be able to beat this team by four goals. We pretty much did that. Uh, yeah. So the, their goal was a BS goal. Yeah, it was kind of like the goal Roberto scored of me to end our game. All right. Uh, so we came out. It was three five two. Hayden was on the right side of three center backs. Atu was pretty much a ten, just a free roaming yeah. ten. And um, it was Almiron and, and Jolinton up top. So same as the last match, we completely took over, dominated possession. And a, and I was surprised about the Atsu being at the ten, which I should note because it was weird. Last time he dominated that whole side, of, whole side of the pitch, he dominated. Um, so I thought we would just deploy him in that role again, but we had Richie there, um, and Richie dominated in the beginning as well. So it was Richie that struck first, kind of, in the seventeenth minute. Um, Richie. Broke free down the left-hand side. He sent a cross into the box. And O'Connell was Rochelle's defender. He took a pretty risky shot at it and deflected it right into the net. As I'm pretty sure there was a high chance of that happening when I saw him go for it. Um, teammates went over to grad- congratulate him. It was lovely. One to nothing tune. Elijah, what do you think? Um, Joel Linton could have gotten a goal there. Yeah, that uh, that was my was, first thought. He was back post he was like wide right open. There. Yeah. Yeah, so that that honestly would have been so. I mean, it was great. I mean, Matt Ritchie was just. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But he was just all over the place, super dangerous. Um, from what I heard on the call, what I briefly was listening to it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a great cross. It's an own goal. Um, goalkeeper's mad at the guy, and the guy's mad at himself. <laughs> um, but I mean, it it's it set the tone, and it it was definitely it felt earned though. It wasn't like a, a fluky own goal. It was an own goal that was a result of you frustrating the opponent more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and from there, the floodgates just opened. It was three minutes later, and it was Matty Longstaff getting his his goal. Um, and it was like Rochdale's defense. Like I want to know, like if 
I maybe could have gotten one. I could have gotten a few shots off, I bet. They were just yeah. no... There was no intention to defend in, in some of these uh, <laughs> opportunities. Defending on the Matty Longstaff goal was, yeah. was laughable. Th- this also <laughs> came in from Richie on the left-hand side. Um, yeah. Matty knocked the ball down. He took another touch, probably could have had one or two more, and just smoked it into the net. Um, it was definitely an, an extremely easy goal to score. 2 nothing Newcastle. Elijah, what do you think? Um, yeah, very easy goal. Like you said, Maddie could have taken three touches if he wanted to. It was it was bizarre that he was he literally was covered by two defenders. I've watched this goal like four or five times. He's covered by two defenders, and somehow he's the one that ends up with the ball when he is shorter than the both of the defenders. Yeah. So it's just like you said, just laughable defending um, from from Rochdale there. But they are a league one side. Yeah. And speaking of easy goals. <laughs> Six oh, minutes man. after yeah. this, uh, Miggy got his gift. So we're high pressing, which is what we should do every time we're playing against an inferior opponent, which I'm surprised we didn't do that in the first uh, cup tie with them. But whatever. Uh, we're high pressing, and the goalie just uh, receives the ball back from his center back, and he just like side foots it out directly to Almiron. Like his, nobody's close in a pink jersey. And Rochelle should have lost. For wearing all pink, come on. Um, well, timeout. That's that's not a reason to. Yeah, no. Nah, okay? There's no pink such is a good color. You cannot have a, you cannot have a a fit in all pink kit. Like you can't be that guy. It's impossible. So you well and yeah. look good, play good is a thing. It's a true true thing, and you can't play good if you're wearing all pink because you can't. You don't that's, look good. Unless you're the Madison forward FC, the USL one side in a. In American soccer, they look good in pink. They're the flamingos. Okay, so well, good for them. Um, yeah. So Miggy took it, and he just—it was a waiting game. Miggy was like slowly dribbling, and he was just waiting for the goalie to come up and come up and uh, like inch forward a little bit more. So Miggy was just testing to see where he was going to go, and then he just shot it and scored. Um, <laughs> three nothing. What's your thoughts on that? Four goals and the seven. Funniest thing about this, the, yeah, the funny thing about this goal was the the keeper had just been just absolutely irate at his defenders for that Matty Longstaff goal because, like I said, they're both taller than him, and somehow Matty Longstaff was the one who ended up with the ball <laughs> and had like two touches in order to take a shot, and then like after he's screaming, literally not even six minutes later, he gives up a goal. Um, also, when someone's pressing you, like the absolute worst thing you can do as a goalkeeper is to play a lazy pass on the ground. Like, just put the ball in the air. Like, I, I don't. It doesn't matter if they eventually get it. Like, that just puts you in a better position than you pl- trying to play a ground pass in front of goal while someone's pressing. So, I don't know if their keeper's listening, but just next time you get a press, don't try to play it on the ground. Just, just hoof it upfield. Like, there's just no reason for you to do that. Yeah, yeah. Even if you have to kick it out of bounds. Yeah, just yeah. You're playing literally right into the, the their trap. Like, I know it looks like the easy decision to pass it to a center back, but no, that's what they want you to do. <laughs> yeah, that's why you gave up a goal. <laughs> Good thing we're not a Rochdale podcast. Oh my gosh, oh, um, gosh we would be just ripping them a new one. <laughs> uh, three goal lead at halftime, no injuries. That is the storyline. 
Um, it's a record, and yeah, it's it's that's amazing to see. Uh, so second half started. Are you good with me just storming right through? I mean, I said we would storm. Okay, second half started, and I have a note that I'm really happy about is 57th minute. Uh, Tom Allen made his first team debut. Really awesome stuff. He came off for the LaSalle's. The LaSalle's got about an hour's work in, so that was really good. Um, I've mentioned Tom Allen a good bit on this podcast. He's having a great season for the U23s, and it was just cool to see him go out there. He was You could tell he was up for it. He was excited. He was sprinting pretty much the entire final 30 minutes of the match. Um, and... That was that was just cool to see for me. Uh, yeah, first number fifty. Yeah, that's right. Let's get it. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, it's just a terrible number. No, no, no. I think shout I think out to he him. needs to keep it forever now. Oh God. Uh, and and like he'll just become like Newcastle's all time leading scorer, or like he'll score. He'll have one season where he's our top scorer, and the one of them will give him the nine, and he'll be like, "Nah, I'll keep the 50. Also, I'm, you know what upsets me is that the Longstaff brothers don't have numbers next to each other. Like, Maddie should have chosen, like, 35. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, you're you're on to something there. Yeah. I mean, I think it was probably because, like, 35 was taken somewhere in the U23s, but hey, you're first team player now. Let's, uh, let's get to 35, all right? Yeah. For next season. All right, anyway. Um, second half happens. Tom Allen comes on. Does he do anything significant, Greg? We will get there. Uh, a yeah. couple other subs. Carol came on for Almiron, and Shelby yeah, came on for Richie. So that's of note, too, because John Joe seems to be back. And John Joe's entire performance, like, we were already up 3 nothing. It's late in the match. I think there's – yeah, he came on 69th minute. Nice. Uh, and he just played short balls. He, like – you know, anyone who has watched Newcastle knows John Joe doesn't just play short balls. He, he likes to go for it. And he he had plenty of opportunity to do so, but he was just taking it easy. He was just seeing the game out. Um, but it was just good to get him in there. He got a run in, got to feel for it a little bit. Um, and yeah. then... Boots on the ground, all that good stuff. Yeah. 13 minutes after that sub was the moment. Uh, it's been getting to the point where he, it's getting Almiron-esque how bad we won. Goal, uh, Jolinton the score. He became Golinton on this night. Big Joe, as Brucey calls him, gets his first goal since at away to Spurs 22 matches ago. and Or 24 or something. And we got 4 nothing, And it was beautiful. Um, it was a great run from Tom Allen on the right-hand side. Uh, he took He got the ball and just sprinted up the right. It was an even better cross from him, and it went as a low ball, and it got Big Joe got to it first, buried in the net. Um, Tom Allen's first assist, Joe's first FA Cup goal, four nothing Newcastle. Your thoughts, Elijah? Yeah, I mean the 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 two, the two passes leading up to the goal were better than the goal. That's kind of really my only big thing. Tom Allen, like you said, brilliant ball across the box. Um, the ball into him was great as well. Um, it was great seeing uh, Joel Linton go over and celebrate with Big Brucey, give him a big hug, and I mean it, it's it's good. Uh, I'm sure you'll have Bruce's quotes about it um, later because those were electric. So yeah, and then uh, shortly after that, two minutes after that, uh, Rochdale scored, and literally in my day after article, my recap of that goal was eh, whatever. 
So, yeah. like, literally, it just didn't matter. Um, so we advanced to the fourth round. Uh, we're hosting League One Oxford United, and that's coming up in nine days from now. So it's it's gonna be gonna be here quick. Four goals, no injuries. Miggy and Jolinton scored. There's li- literally just so many positives to take from it. Uh, do you have a last recap thing you want to say before I move to quotes? No, let's uh, let's go ahead and quote it up. Quote it up. Um, Steve Bruce spoke after the match, and he said, "We put the game to bed very early, which was good, and it enabled us to bring on Andy and John Joe for twenty twenty five minutes. We came off a bit, a little bit in the second half, which is normal. We can't ask for more from a home draw in the next round. If we beat Oxford with the same respect we showed Rochdale in the first half, we've got a chance. Everybody is okay tonight. First time I've been able to say that in weeks." On Jolinton, he said, we all know what it's like to have a number nine shirt here. I'm going to read his whole quote on Jolinton because it's worth it. Um, he said, we all know what it's like to have a number nine shirt here. To be fair on the to the young lad, he's found it a struggle. You've got to keep working at it. The reason we kept him was, could there be a moment where he could get a goal? You could see what it meant to him. I never worried because I could watch Jolinton in training. You can see what he's got. There's an expectation on you and if you've got that big transfer fee and you're young sometimes it becomes difficult the difference in the last five minutes and the first five minutes was evident let's hope it's another almiron we have to wait for him but he's now got four in the last few games and he also mentioned about him shouting in portuguese i don't have the direct quote i just have the note of it um in practice that he shouts in portuguese and brucey doesn't understand what he's saying which I found yeah. to be hilarious. I think I actually have the quote because I sent it in the Slack. So I, I will get it one sec. Here it is. Let's like, let's hope it just gives him that bit. This is on the goal. Let's hope it just gives him that bit of confidence. You saw the difference in the end. I was worried sick he was going to jump on me because that would have done me in. It was just shouting in Portuguese. I don't know what the hell he was saying. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. I also love that Steve Bruce just, just like has commented multiple times this season on the fact that he's a fragile person. <laughs> I mean, he's well, just, when like, you're young and it. it's your first time, uh, and it's your first time like facing this amount of criticism, yeah, I bet it it can get really frustrating. I I don't feel like I don't have anything to say about Jolinton on that end. Like I it must suck. It truly does. But at the same time you're expected to perform. Yeah. Um on Tom Allen he said he's been training uh with us for a few weeks now and he's grabbed the chance. Great for him. A fellow Jordy and from Cranlington. He'll enjoy the moment. That's great. Uh let's get to stats. Do you have any stats? Um, from the Rochdale match? No. Um, okay, well, I have I have that. Well, I mean, it's your job. <laughs> so. Uh, so, Newcastle scored four goals in the FA Cup uh, at St. James's Park for the first time since a 4-1 to also. Third round replay against Stoke City in 08. Um, oh, we Potters. mentioned the Tom Allen stats. This is his debut, the first number 50. Um, three goals in three straight games for Miguel Almiron. Um, Jamal Lascelles had his 150th appearance in all comps for Newcastle. 
Um, and yeah, oh, that's it. I have one. Uh, Miguel Amaron is the all-time leading scorer for Paraguayans during the FA Cup and is now uh, just behind someone else who's Paraguayan for goals from with the Premier League squad. Shout out to Roberto Rojas for <laughs> giving me those. Yeah, stats. yeah, that's right. I, I meant to yeah. put those in, too. Yeah. I, I don't remember them word for word, but I remember those. Yeah. Awesome. Woo! Uh... <laughs> Who is your best player? I mean, it's really hard to go against Matt Ritchie here, um, just from what I've heard. Um, and obviously, the two assists, whether you want to call the first one assist or not, is up to you. Um, but, I mean, it seems like he's had a really good match. Um, the intensity he brought was there. And I, I wrote about this in the preview. I felt like it was important for him and Jamal LaSalle to be back on the team because of the things they brought to the team from a leadership standpoint, and that was that was evident. I mean, Newcastle didn't take their uh, their foot off the gas this whole match. And I do think that a big part of that was because Matt Ritchie and Jamal LaSalle were, were, were playing. So uh, shout-out to them both, but Matt Ritchie gets the nod for me. All right, I'm going just to – just because I want to, like, go off of and hopefully start just a massive confidence boost, I'm going to give it to Big Joe. Oh. Yeah. He did. He did play well. Yeah, he played well, and you kind of hope he does, <laughs> but he did. Yeah. <laughs> he deserved to. He deserved at least another goal. Yeah. I mean, the first one, like watching that goal over and over, it's like that should have been Joel Linton's goal. Okay. I mean, honorable. I mean, everyone played well. I mean, the long staff looked good as well. Uh, so did Miguel. I mean, everyone played well. So it's really hard to. To have a worse player out of this, no. especially when you're playing a League One side, you just hope every player is the best player. Yeah, no worse players here. Um, yeah. Oh, best player O'Connell giving up, scoring the first goal for Newcastle in a pink shirt. Yeah, huge. Could that huge be the guy. first ever Newcastle goal in a pink shirt? Probably. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's get over to the Chelsea preview. Sound good? Yeah, sure. All right, we're gonna do that right after this break. Chelsea versus Newcastle. Big one. Premier League implications on the line, mainly for us. I I mean, they're fighting for stuff too, but I think it's bigger for us. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we keep winning, we're further from the relegation zone. So... Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep doing yeah, that. Yeah, for for that's actually true for every team. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so I guess it's a big match for both teams. Yeah. getting them further from the relegation mm-hmm. zone. Oh yeah. All right. Um, we're gonna talk first about our last match. It was at Chelsea. Um, do you remember anything from the match? Um, we, this was a match we played well in. We lost one nothing. Um, yeah, see, that was somewhat <laughs> Typical Newcastle, uh, we had 29% possession. We had zero shots on target. Uh, we had, They had 16 shots to our five overall. Um, and obviously, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, so I was wrong when I said it was a match we played well. <laughs> Marcus Alonso got the goal. Um, and... Our best player, according to who scored, was Martin Dubravka. <laughs> oh. So you can decide yeah. what type so of was... game it was. 
He was also the was only really well. player that um, that that had an over seven rating. There is one other player close. It was DeAndre Yedlin at a six point nine eight, and he was also the captain for that match. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah. So well, I think this one's going to be a good match. <laughs> good. So um, yeah, that's that's helpful. The first thing I'm excited. Um, just looking at the Premier League table of where we are and what to mm-hmm. expect. Newcastle sitting in 13th place. Um, it's going to be this is going to be a tough one because Chelsea's in fourth. So, but what we can do is win, and winning could get us as high as 10th. Yeah, I mean, also like it, it, this is a tough match for Newcastle, but. In terms of like some of our best players being back, this is this we're I think we're finally almost to a place that we we were pre holiday festive periods where you know you have your your captain back. That's huge. You, you I mean you could potentially see John Joe and Alan Sam. Like I I think that we're in a we're in a good position to actually make some noise here. Yeah. Um and and field out a, a fairly strong lineup, even though we had of course the midweek match. Yep. Um, do you, why do you hate Chelsea? Oh, well, first and foremost, they loan out so many players, and it's just unfair, okay? That's actually not really a bad thing. It's a really good, uh, that that was a terrible way to start, because it's actually really smart by them. But it's, it's, it's unfair, because the way they do it just, like, nets, just nets them money, and they just, like, end up... Like, there's a lot of guys who, who grow up in the Chelsea Academy and their dreams to play for the first team, and it just gets ruined because Chelsea's, like, a bunch of assholes. And so, like, Nathan Ake is a perfect example who made, like, one first-team appearance for Chelsea and then is, like, the starting center back for Bournemouth. And he's probably going to, like, go somewhere else now, but it's just, like, it, it's annoying and I'm tired of it and Chelsea needs to stop. Also, their owner is, like, not a great person, and I think that their manager's success is... um is one is not gonna it's not gonna be repeated. I think they're not gonna be that good next year. Um, also, their fans suck, and um, and they stole Captain they America from us because he was did, destined to go well, to Newcastle. I okay, I'm not gonna co-sign that, but I will co- I will say this: um, Chelsea fans have like one of the most lopsided rivalries in the Premier League right now with Liverpool. So I, I don't know why their fans keep talking crap to Liverpool fans. Like literally. There's just like no chance they're gonna catch the level of success Liverpool has anytime soon. Um, also, they cheated and they had a transfer ban, so I don't know. I, I, there, it was very incoherent, but just no. I'm not really. I, I'm actually the more I've started talking about, it, the more I've actually started to hate Chelsea. So I'm gonna stop because I'm mad. Also, they wouldn't loan us Ruben Loftus Cheek. So Urban, also they sold us- Urban Dictionary says. Yeah, defined. And, oh, oh, they did sell us a guy who almost scores, which isn't good because we needed someone who did score. And don't and forget about also, Kennedy. I was about to say they swindled us with Kennedy. Definition of Chelsea FC are as follows: shit football team based in West London who won pretty much f all for fifty years, owned and bankrolled by a Russian crook, Roman Abramovich. 
Bramovich has so far spunked over 500 million pounds on Chelsea without signing a single truly great player or winning. Every- well, well, Christian Pulisic is a truly great player. So, yes, that's true. Yeah, just that was the only criticism of that I had. But continue. Yeah, when Abramovich eventually gets bored, he will be forced to turn Stamford Bridge into luxury flats to pay off his massive debts. If they win, it's by cheating or luck. And coming from a Liverpool fan, um, probably. Chelsea FC wankers who consistently fail miserably to attempt to buy a treble. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Um, this one is a an intercontinental handball team that masquerades as a football club in the Premier League. Bankrolled by a Russian sugar daddy, I like that one. That's, um, that's there's cool. a lot of there's a lot of great ones here, guys, and I can sign off on all of that. So they they basically are a team that have a Russian guy that spends a lot of money. It's actually the opposite of Newcastle, who have an English guy who doesn't spend money. <laughs> well, you know, so over twenty two players over twenty, and you can count Jolinton oh. as two of those players because it's forty. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we can. Yeah, so really, we've got four players over twenty million pounds. If you count Jolinton twice, and I'm sure Amron will hit his bonuses, so we'll get to like the twenty million mark with him. So there you go. We did it. Uh, let's get four into injuries and lineups. Oh. Yes, sir. This will, this will be interesting here on the Chelsea side. Um, Golo Conte was late. Withdraw from the side against Burnley, but yep. he should be back. Um, Marcus Alonso, who, he's in doubt, um, but also Aspilicueta and Reese James are also doing really well. So I don't even know if he would. Reese James in. just got a new deal. Shout yeah. out to him. Um, and Ross Barkley's back. the 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 players that are out are are Ruben Loftus Cheek, Pulisic, R.I.P., and yeah. uh, Marco Van Ginkle. Charlie Musanda as well, who oh yeah, yeah for a long time ago, and then uh, on Newcastle side, uh, it looks like we could get a few players back here. So out is Mankio, Colback. <laughs> Why is he even on this entry list? Yeah, um, yeah, I have no Paul idea. Paul Dummett and Dwight Gale. Um, Yedlin is questionable. Cher is doubtful. Muto is doubtful. Alan St. Maximin is still doubtful. Key is doubtful. So, take it away. Man, this is this should be an interesting little squad here. Um, because you also have, um, as, as people have pointed out, you have a, you have a little selection issue because um, Jetro Willems is very good as a as a uh, as a as a left wing back, and Matt Ritchie is also very good as a left wing back. Um, but you can't play them both at left wing back. So what do you do, Greg? Well, that's... You play one at right wing back. Okay, there you go. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure which one, um, will, will be, will, will be doing that, but I do think that we'll get, um, a back five. I think Newcastle, um, you know, against Greg's wishes, will go five, three, two, um, because that's what they do. They ignore Greg. Uh, so we'll go Dubrovka and goal. Um, we're going to go uh, Jetro Willems. 
um, Federico Fernandez, um, Florian Lejeune, and Jamal Lascelles um, as our back three, and then uh, Matt Ritchie as one of the other attacking fullbacks or wingbacks, whatever you want to call them. Um, our midfield three of um, Sean Longstaff. Um, actually, no, sorry, John Joe Shelby and Isaac Hayden, um, as well as Miguel Amiron playing behind Joel Linton and Andy Carroll. Um, I could also see Newcastle rolling out a 5-4-1 um, with the same personnel, um, but I do think it will be a 5-3-2, and at some point we'll switch to a 5-4-1. Greg, is there any, any kind of discrepancies you would have, um, anything I kind of missed or you don't agree with? Uh, I would. I think that Newcastle is going to go – to a five four one, I think they're going to do what they did similar to Wolves that worked, which was a five four one, and then uh, like a hybrid in the attack. Um, mm-hmm. And and what they did is they had Almiron on the left, and I actually think Richie could play on the right wing here, which could be interesting. Yeah. And I think I think the long staffs would still start, and then we could bring in like John Joe um, as a super sub. Um, but it just worked against Wolves and. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so you're saying Matt Ritchie won't play as a as a wing back? He'll play as a, yeah. I a think wing I, I, I'm going to take Hayden as right wing back again. Whoa, yeah. that's actually really not that bold of prediction. Yeah, I mean they've got to update this guy's FIFA profile. I mean he's played central <laughs> mid, he's played central attacking mid, he's played yeah, right position, mid, any. right wing back <laughs> and and center back all this season. So, um, we're going to get that going at FIFA update uh, Isaac Hayden's. Uh, career mode, like, yeah, positions list <laughs> yeah. or something like that. So, what does Newcastle United have to do to win this match? Um, it's all about organization here, Greg. Um, you you, you got Jamal Lascelles back, who's just key at organizing. But Chelsea have so many players that can can that can attack um, Newcastle in a variety of ways. You've got a very solid midfield of Conte um, and, jeez, uh, now I'm forgetting homeboy's name. Uh, that sorry bot. Wow. Huh? This is. I'm forgetting the other midfielder they have. That, Mason Mount. So, no, Jorginho? not not him. Yes, Jorginho. This happens every podcast. I forget like a, a player that's like very obvious and well known. But anyway, they have a very solid midfield. They have very solid attack. Um, obviously, uh, Tammy Abraham and and the whole lot and and uh, you know Batshuayi off the bench. So it, it's just gonna be. A, a handful to deal with, and if Newcastle um, play undisciplined, which we've seen before, um, which was the holiday break, then this will not be a good match for them. But if they play similar to how they played, Wol- they played against Wolves and how they played against Rochdale, which I do think you have um, some key returns in Jamal Lascelles and Matt Ritchie, then I think Newcastle can potentially walk away from this with at a minimum a draw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think this is going to have to be your just. It's I think it, it's going to have to play out similar to the Wolves game. We're going to give up a ton of a possession, and we're going to need a miracle from an Almiron or or any anyone that wants to step up really. Um, and Joel Linton. There's not going to be many. Yeah, I would love that. Um, there's not going to be many opportunities, but. We've been good this year in, in taking those chances and, and running with them. So, uh, hoping hoping it works out. Who's your player to work, look out for for Chelsea? 
gosh, who is the player not to look out for? Um, I mean, Tammy Abraham is, is is the first that comes to mind because he he's very good at scoring goals. But um, the return of Conte is just going to be huge for a midfield, especially if we go with the midfield like um, the Longstaff brothers that, you know, have struggled this season until recently um, with um, staying disciplined and rooted in that midfield and going forward. I mean, Conte's a guy who can just absolutely obliterate um, midfields that are not disciplined and organized. And uh, if he's able to, to break through our midfield, then it's going to be a very long day for Newcastle. So I'm going to go with Conte here. Yeah, uh, that's not hard to... <laughs> To pick right, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna like trash my take. Be like, that's not what I would say. And I'm like, well, I mean, I feel like Conte. He was well until recently. He was in the Europe, the UEFA best eleven until they took him out for Ronaldo, which that was wild. I don't know if you heard about that, yeah. Greg. That was absolutely insane. So, so anyway, Willian and Abraham, they're gonna be right next to each other pretty much the entire match, and it's gonna be up to the long staffs dropping in and pretty much depending on how the I guess because Lejeune's in there they probably put Fernandez on whatever side Will Willian is attacking uh and keep Lejeune away from the speed um Hudson Odoi's on the other side so it's not like it's much better but yeah I'm about to say um the, the long staffs are essentially going to have to drop in and that's uh, with those two, man, it's that that's just tough. I don't know how not many teams can can do it. Um, and another player of note that deserves recognition is as as Pulicueta has been killing it recently. So we've not him. pronounced his name correctly. As Pulicueta, there. Oh, okay, well, there's the one time we've pronounced as it correctly. Well, we're not going to count that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not count that. stats. Okay, Statties. Staddy's Staddy Longstaff. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. Um, Chelsea's won six of their last seven against Newcastle. Um, that's that's my stat. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. What what do you got? <laughs> this is. This I mean, is I have the five thirty eight one, but that's. Oh, these are going to be depressing. Newcastle have taken just four points from their last eight Premier League games against Chelsea. Uh, one win, one draw, six losses, and they've lost each of the last three meetings with Chelsea in a row. Um, yeah, and we've been tied with Chelsea in each of those last three meetings. I forgot to mention that. We were we were drawing with them at halftime and lost all three. Okay, I bet it's like uh, technically speaking, we always. Yeah, are tied with them know, because I know, I know. it's zero zero in the beginning. Anyway, uh, Newcastle have lost their last two Premier League home games, conceding as many goals in those defeats as they had in their previous seven combined at St James Park. So that's five goals in their last two, which is we gave up in the seven before only five goals. Um, let's see, uh, <laughs> Newcastle manager Steve Bruce has just won. One of his last 22 Premier League games against Chelsea, he's drawn, actually 22 Premier League games against Chelsea in general, drawn five, lost 16. In home games, Bruce is winless in 10 games against the Blues, two draws, eight losses, and the joint most games without Premier winning, this is the joint most games without winning against an opponent at home in the Premier League, along with Martin O'Neill, 
against Arsenal and Man- Manchester United, who also had 10, game- 10 games at home with no wins. Um, Chelsea have only beaten Tottenham more often in the Premier League than they have Newcastle, um, which is also not great. Newcastle's Miguel Amaron has scored with each of his last two shots on target in the Premier League, having failed to find a net with it with any of his first 15 such efforts in the competition, which is wild that Miguel had 15 shots on target and none of them went in until this until recently. Um, and let's see. I think that's all I have. Oh, yeah, that's all I have. Cool. 538 is predicting each match um, and Newcastle to probably – no one's surprise is the third lowest chance to get three points this weekend. Uh, we have a 16% chance to win, a 21% chance to draw, and a 62% chance to lose. The only teams with a lower percentage than us is Man United against Liverpool. They have a 14% chance. And then Crystal Palace at Man City, a 4% chance. I don't think I've ever seen a 4 for Newcastle. <laughs> That's yeah. That's bad. that's bad. They have a four. Well, Palace has a four percent on a tear chance to win and a ten percent chance to draw. So yeah. put your money on Man City. Oh, I have another stat, Greg. It's just an interesting one. We mentioned on the last. Well, sorry, that podcast doesn't exist anymore. Martin Dubrovka has fifty more saves than Kepa. Yeah, that's insane. Ninety saves versus his forty. Um, so just. That's just wild. I just wanted you to know that. Yeah. I mean, it's no one's surprised either, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a stat, so yeah. count it. Um. All right. Let's do your predictions. Our predictions. What you got? Yeah. Um. You know, it, this is going to be an interesting match. Um. But I do think there's a big... I think it's a big deal when you get the organizer of your defense, Jamal Lascelles, back. And I do think that one thing that um, – I, I, that's the one thing that kind of gives me hope for this match. And um, I'm, I'm staking a lot of, of, of hope in that. Um, getting Jamal Lascelles back and getting Matt Ritchie back and getting you know the general attitude that led us to this insane run of form we were in before the, the, before the break and before the injuries – um, so I'm going to say Newcastle win this one 2-1 um, with goals from Joel Linton Newcastle and Andy win. Carroll. Woo! Yeah. Andy Carroll's going to score too, which uh, it still hasn't happened this season. So. Oh, wow. I'm actually surprised with the level of opponent that we're facing that you wouldn't even say that Jetro is going to score in the first 10 minutes. Because he, well, he does I, that oh. against every good team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean... Like, I, I need a. There needs to be a compilation of. I mean, there probably is, but there needs to be a compilation of Jetro Willems' goals because he just only scores bangers, <laughs> yeah. like just absolute bangers. But they're actually yeah, that's yeah. it's actually another note is they were on the road too, so this one's at home. No, oh, well, so. so yeah, this one's at home. So Matt Ritchie will score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, or Isaac Hayden, depending on you know. That that's gonna be that's actually now tickled my my brain there the Isaac Hayden at right wing back thing I think you're right I think it's gonna happen yeah I would love it you've converted me um, I don't think this is gonna go well uh, Chelsea's I love the optimism that you have but they've done well on the road the whole season they have a big opportunity to make their case for a top four with Man United playing Liverpool. Um, 
I think Chelsea's going to win 2 nothing. Yeah. Sorry. All right, so you're you you don't have any faith in Newcastle. Well, that's yeah, good I to said know. Wolves will All right, win let's keep them too. So remember that. That's true. Um, yeah, I said that we would draw, and we did. So shout out to me. Shout out. Let's go to questions. We're just going to jump right into questions without an ad break. Cause, yeah, because there's a lot of them. Because we do that. Yeah, and there's a lot of questions because we're going to do what was the last pod's question. So we'll just have to take note of time and just not get too off the track and long-winded answers the best we can okay <laughs> uh okay so the first one from tune army modesto california and you can find them at army modesto what's the best way to get a whole saint james experience when going there for the first time in the u.s where to stay where to sit at the game what to do um and I will say, Tunarmi Calgary said that if you're not eating a Greg's steak bake as you're squeezing through the turnstiles, don't bother going. That's one way to do it. Um, I have only been once, and I can tell you what I did, and it was a fantastic time. But definitely do a, a stadium tour. That's like incredible to see. Um, and I mean, the tour guide that I had was hilarious. It was really good. Really good tour. You get to it was actually Graham Bell. That's how they met. A <laughs> little bit older than Graham, but uh, the they like take you through the locker rooms, like every part. You get to go into the suites, walk on the pitch, the media room, everything. Um, so it's a pretty unique experience. Um, I stayed at the hotel. I think it's a Hilton, which is like right next to the stadium. So you can oh, do yeah. that. Um, but there are numerous nightclubs, numerous restaurants. No one in Newcastle knows what a code is. It's literally, it's just codes don't exist in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, if you're into nightclubs, you are going to the right place. It's like the Vegas of Newcastle. I mean, sorry. It's like the Vegas of England. Um, and it's like not the casinos, but like the nightlife, how there's always like insane nightlife there. Um, take a walk, go to the Tyne Bridge and see the river. And uh, it's honest, it's such a cool city. Um, just take it all in. And if uh, you really want the true local experience, you there's a ton of Twitter accounts that will help you out. You can even reach out to us, and we'll get you connected with some folks that will show you a real good time. Nope, don't don't loop me into that. Okay, don't leave don't, Elijah. Don't give me more work. We'll, we'll, Greg will. No, we're, I'm kidding. Greg said everything I was going to say, uh, especially because he took all the bits of the like, the, all the lines that the person who hasn't been to Newcastle would say, like, oh, hit up Twitter. So, um, yeah, I haven't been to Newcastle. I want to go. It's going to happen soon. <laughs> Maybe with Greg. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, next question, Mister Steal Your World. You're worldwide at yo underscore hone underscore no underscore mo. Mm. Um, he has a hot take alert. He said if Sean oh. Longstaff continues his subpar play, Newcastle will lowball his contract, causing a conflict between both parties and Sean asking to be transferred. Not only that, but also that if Sean wants to leave, Maddie will also request to be transferred. Having Newcastle lose probable the two best youth players to come out of their academy. Am I crazy? Or is it not that hot of a take? Uh, Elijah. 
Um, you're crazy. Um, Sean Longstaff actually had a pretty decent match against Wolves. Um, so it's a weird question to ask after he had a, a, a good match. Um, and then followed it up with the Longstaffs both having a really good Rochdale performance. Um, I do think, I do agree with Newcastle do need to move quickly with securing these guys' deals, um, especially Matty, because um, he's still like uh, making like 600 pounds a week or something ridiculously low. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that you want to move quickly because you know there, there are other clubs that could be interested in them. Um, and you, you just want to speed things up, but I don't think there's any, there's any chance that, you know, Sean leaves if he doesn't get a deal and Maddie follows him. I just think that's a bit far-fetched and almost a bit too dramatic for the Longstaff brothers. Yeah. Yeah. It also wouldn't look good to Maddie if he was like, well, you guys didn't sign my brother, so I don't want to play for you. Like <laughs> he's, he's also from here and a Newcastle supporter and he's doing well. Uh, I, I don't think it would be a good look. <laughs> Not a lot of teams would be like, what? Like, like, oh, can't wait to sign a guy that just like left his club because they didn't sign his brother. Like, <laughs> also that this doesn't happen with brothers. Yeah, in the premier, like the Murphys, like Josh didn't demand to leave when Jacob left. Yeah, like and the IU brothers, like yes, they've ended up on same teams before at different times, but they they don't like leave teams after one is sold or et cetera, et cetera. So just, it just doesn't really happen like that. I mean, you, you understand it's a business um, and you kind of look out for yourself. And if you have the opportunity to play with your brother, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they, all these, these brothers um, take advantage of that and they do so if they have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. Which NFL team should link up with Newcastle United? Personally, I think the Packers. Um, and well, then, you didn't say who it was from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. At <laughs> Tune1892 like, at 12th Man Tune. He also, to clarify, he said, I mean at St. James Park to host for an NFL team and also potential financial link-up. I think the Packers are owned by supporters. Kind of. Yeah. So they're not really. It's more of a front than them actually owned. Like the the... The fans don't actually make decisions and they don't actually pay the players. Um, so then that would mean, no, they're not owners. Now, in a, do, does the team align it in a way so that they seem like they're owners? Yeah, but they're not. It's it's very different than Newcastle. For, I mean, the yeah, the like England-Newcastle league system versus the American franchise system. Um so it's it's not the same way when, like, you say fans own the club at Newcastle. They legit own the club, and they fund everything. In the NFL, that's not the case. Well, Germany is a better example. Well, yeah, there are teams in England, though, that own Newcastle. So. They're fan-owned, but they're lower. Yeah. Like the man, the other Manchester team, United Manchester. Yeah. I don't know that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that team. They own the club. Um, but yeah, uh, the other thing of here uh, of to note here is that um, like Newcastle wouldn't necessarily be linking up with a team. Uh, so the way the NFL's contract or agreement with England is is that it's it's a London tour where they where, where it's out gotten up to about four or five games a year that are just in London, played in London, and they're played. Um, they were played at uh, Wembley, but now they're a lot of them are being played at Tottenham Stadium because that. They have a football pitch wide enough, um, and like 
they basically actually have two fields. One's for like NFL teams and one's for for uh, for soccer. And uh, that's why they play at Tottenham Stadium. There's not like a NFL. There's no NFL teams that are working directly with Tottenham and giving them exclusive like you know. It's just that's just the deal and how it's been cut. It's just Tottenham's making money off of the NFL hosting matches there. Um, it's, and it's been pretty. They've only played matches right now, as far as I know, in London. And the only team that has any sort of link to uh, uh, any only NFL team that has a link to a soccer team. Is uh, is Fulham, and that's because their owner is the Jaguars' owner. It's not like an actual. So, like, if you had to say so, um, what NFL team, like if you had to move the NFL to England, they're banning the NFL from America, and we could only take twenty NFL teams BS. over to England. And the rest will disband. What NFL team would you place to have, play their home games in St James's Park? And you can't pick your like. You have to give a reason. You uh, can't pick the Falcons because you like the Falcons. Well, the, the Falcons, Falcons would get disbanded pansies, for sure. So it wouldn't be the Falcons. <laughs> uh, no, well, yeah, I guess if you're looking at <laughs> the joking. top twenty teams, yeah, probably. I mean, fan base wise, I don't. It's not great. Oh yeah, um, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, they like the fans are crazy. Um, the it's very much same there in the northeast um very cold gorgeous city but like not a lot of people visit you know well they have a local northeast rival that's true for newcastle we just won't talk about the the success Um, of that rival and newcastle's rival are vastly different but (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean it's it's the like the fans are insane and very passionate and known as like the most passionate fans in the NFL, and Newcastle are known as the most passionate fans in the Premier League. Yeah, good away um, the following. Fans travel real well, and they they yeah, very good away following. Uh, travel uh, actually more than Newcastle fans for some matches. Um, when they go down to Miami, who is in their division for some reason, they are. Well, no, they're not in their division. No, they are. Okay, they are. I. It's it's like one a.m. in the the states right now, so I'm a little delusional. Um, they they'll travel down to Miami, which is like three lengths of Eng- probably even more of England. It's like going from Newcastle to Burnmouth like six times. So um, yeah, I would say Buffalo. I'm yes, sure you probably say the same. I mean, no, I, you I would say Philly, Buffalo would be which, a perfect fit for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Um, next. Maybe Cleveland, but Buffalo just everything for yeah. Buffalo works. Uh, yeah. The fact that they were good in the '90s, but still never won anything, all that, all that stuff. Uh, uh, what does Newcastle United? This is from Don at Smick Ultra. What up, Don? Uh, whenever you want to change your profile pic from the Nats hat to the hat you won from our raffle, greatly appreciated. Uh, what does NUFC need huge. to add to finish top ten this year? This is oh god. Well, yeah. Uh, so striker. it's literally my wish list for if if this transfer window went perfectly in my eyes. What would Newcastle add? And it's a it's another striker. It's another winger, and it's a box to box midfielder. And and it, they would need all three to be like immediate starters. Well, two starters, the box-to-box midfielder and the striker, and then uh, like a really good winger that could either start or come off the bench. 
but it's at, it's at a minimum. It, I guess you could get away with spending only like thirty million pounds, but it, it you it'd be like at a minimum yeah. of sixty million pound window because you're imagining the box box midfielders at least of twenty million pounds. If you're not buying the striker, say you loan in the striker, that's one thing. Maybe you cut the cost down and you could get a ten million pound winger. But if you're paying for all these, I mean, especially getting a proven Premier League striker, it's going to net you, yeah. you know, fifteen to twenty million right. pounds. So. Um, it, it's going to be an ex- it would be an expensive window. Um, and yeah, unlikely. right now so, we're uh, a win from being in tenth place, sorry, Don. but we have to keep pace as well. So that's yeah. are are you in agreement with that then? Tune. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have a question as well. That okay, someone asked me. Um, from up the mags at TGS four twenty eighty four. I'd like to know what you think is the best starting eleven we have, assuming health, um, and how you'd set it up so everyone's healthy. Your Alan Shearer as number nine. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, uh, I would go with. Uh, so my I'll start with Dubravka, and I'm going to run a five four one as I stand for the five four one. Um, then I'm going to go Willems left back. I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to do Federico and Lejeune and Cher. And then I'm going to stick with Yedlin. And then I'm going to have a midfield of John Joe Shelby, a midfield of Isaac Hayden. Um, and then... St. Gucci, Max, and Almiron, and then Jolinton. I'm hoping. I'm hoping on Jolinton. Mine's the same, uh, except for I would have um, LaSalle's in for Fernandez. I just think organization-wise, I like LaSalle's a little bit better. And also, he's not going to just search for <laughs> like Fernandez does. He'll actually... Play yeah, defense, which is his job. I'd be good with that too. I mean, I could also talk my, yeah, I, I could talk myself into doing a five-three-two because I do like how Almiron looks with the. Uh, I know Greg hates this because technically speaking, it does not. It's not effective for Newcastle, but um, I could see a five-three-two as well. The same back five that we just talked about um, with Willems and Cher uh, and Lejeune and uh, Lascelles and Yedlin with Dubrovka and goal uh, with the midfield of Isaac Hayden and Almiron just above John Joe Shelby with the two up topping Andy Carroll and um, Joel Linton. I could see that just having Joel, having a striker Joel Linton to play off to play off of, especially since I think he's kind of understanding a little bit of uh, how what it means to to be a striker and how to how to play off others and the runs he has to make. I don't know. It, it seems like it, it could work, but the, st- the stats yeah. say that the 5 through 2 doesn't work. But I'd like to see it. Next question. We have one more. Um, what are the chances Newcastle will ever get a Mexican on the team? We all know Mexicans are the best. <laughs> That's something we all know. Um. If the Olegri if the Allegri group um, takes over, then yeah, it's very likely. I mean, that would be the the number one way I think it would happen. And I think 
I mean, what's really cool is that there actually are some Mexican players that w- can make an almost immediate impact in the Newcastle. You talk about a box-to-box midfielder. Hector Herrera, who's right now playing for Atletico Madrid, would be like exactly what Newcastle needs. Engine-type player, you know, just box-to-box, um, but also has the playmaking ability of John Joe Shelby, can spray the ball over the pitch, can score goals, set-piece specialist. So, I mean... That would be a great signing if we weren't owned by Mike Ashley. But because we are, that's not going to happen. And I, I forgot to say um, who the uh, more realistic- this question was from real quick. It's from Toon Army Houston at football oh. at football seventy nine near Mexico. Um, you can find him. Yeah, I don't know if people. Yeah, it's near Mexico for, for the geographically yeah, challenged. Yes, it's near Mexico. <laughs> yes, um, but I mean another player that we could potentially you know. It could that would be a, a decent sign for Newcastle, Diego Linus, who is a like winger slash cam, fits the Mike Ashley uh, budget of not budget but criteria of being young. He's like nineteen. So hey, if the Orlegi group does end up taking likely. over Newcastle one day, uh, you can expect to see it. <laughs> at least one or two. I mean, if the Orlegi group takes over Newcastle, we would literally it would Newcastle would just have. The best, me- it'd be kind of like wolves. <laughs> nah, I don't. I it'd don't be think the Mexican it, national. Team. I think there would definitely be an influence, but I don't think it would be that drastic. Because, yeah, I don't. I don't think very, I mean, the, the wolves Mexican is a bit national much, team would do well in the Premier League <laughs> for size alone. That's fair, unless they had Tata. They would. They would get yeah tenth with Tata, and then he'd leave after a year yeah. and a half. Um. <laughs> Gosh, you and this leaving. You're just mad that Tata won a MLS Cup and is Do you in Atlanta. have anything else to cover on this wonderful podcast? Um, no. I mean, it's been great. Um, this we we left a an hour and a half. It was just probably going to end up being like an hour and forty five minutes, forty ish minutes with the ads. Uh, podcast for the people before we get down to our new format. This is really more for Greg. Uh, I mentioned earlier before Greg and I started that Gonzaga was playing while we were doing this, and I was like, yeah. "These guys, they are not very good. They're struggling at Santa Clara. They just won yeah. 104 to 54." So, that was, and and Santa yeah. and Santa, Santa Clara, they look like too, a good team. So. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Santa Clara is like 15 and four. Yeah, <laughs> All righty, they're really good. Well, yeah. Um, so anyway. so check out next yeah, week. We it. have a completely new format, so it'll be much shorter broken up podcast for you guys um but until then that concludes episode 110 of chn radio i'm your host greg troxel the best damn co-host in the land elijah newsome and we will see you next week and away the lot To be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've 
walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river time I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion. You've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes. There's so many famous names like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog in James's park at the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming